Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, styling in Italia, how are you this Sunday morning? But it's really fried dates, so don't tell anybody. Okay, <laughs> I won't tell anybody. So I think you mentioned on a previous episode, or if you didn't, I'll I'll share it now, but you had walked into a local Italian clothing store and basically said, give me the Italian starter kit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you move from the United States is one thing. But when you move from LA, where literally you live in yoga pants and flip-flops, well, as a girl, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is no other clothing required. And then you move to Italy, where they just don't do that here. It's tough. It's hard, right? I have the best summertime clothes in the world if you live <laughs> at the beach. I I have sweatshirts in every color. I have board shorts in every color. I have, I got everything. You got joggers, vans. But when we moved to Italy, it was, you know, really apparent really quickly that um, the fashion was going to need to be stepped up. And we wanted to. We Part of why we moved here is to put ourselves in... Um, in a bit of discomfort to make some shifts. And as long as I have known Robert Victor Anthony Murgatroyd, he has been saying, I want to step up at my fashion game, literally from the day I met you. And we would actually come to Italy and you would have custom shirts made and you would have this made or you would get that outfit and you would come home, you'd wear it for the first date night and then it would go in the closet because you looked like a giraffe at the zoo. Rob goes to the store and he's like, I need the Italian starter kit. And he comes home with jackets and pocket squares. And and you look phenomenal, by the way. You look amazing. 
And so I was like, okay, well, I'm slacking. I'm like wearing the same cutoff jean shorts every day because I don't know what else to do because I'm not allowed to wear yoga pants. But my only other option is denim shorts and maybe one romper that I have. So I went to the store the other day and I told the girl, I said, look, I just moved here and all I have is yoga pants. And she looked at me and she goes, no, not here. And she was so insulted by the fact that I had yoga pants as my primary wardrobe. I can't understand it. Doesn't make any sense. Cannot understand it. She goes, you cannot do that here. I said, well, this is why I'm here. So help me. And she, you know, gave me some, gave me some tips. But what, can I tell you what I love about Italians here? Mm. They, they are so honest. You know, when you go to this store in America and they're like, oh girl, that looks so cute or whatever. Here, I come out and they're like, yeah, no, uh uh-uh, that's not going to work. And here's why. That belt is way too thick for the fact that you have a really short torso. And so let me go get you something else. Like they're honest and they don't care. I come out in another dress. They're like, "Mm -hmm, let me get a jacket. And I put the jacket on. I look like now I look like one of the munchkin kids because I have a blazer over this dress, which is like, I'm willing to try new things. And she starts cuffing the cuffs on the blazer. But she had this whole thing going I was like, I'm going to need to actually come to your house in the morning to get dressed because you're you're zhuzhing me like I don't even, like I'm on Queer Eye right now. Like I don't know what's happening. All right, so part of what we're talking about- And by the way, this is not what we're talking about today. Well, it sort of is in a way because as you as you alluded to, I've always wanted to step my my style game up. And when I came here, it gave me a great opportunity to do that. But that was part of a vision. That was part of a manifestation. That's what we're going to talk about today. So um, on a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the difference between creating your dream budget versus your actual budget. And we walked you through a process to uh, to show you how to do that. So hopefully you did it. So hopefully you did it. And today, what we want to talk about is some of the questions that we're getting around that, which is, okay, so now I'm clear on what my dream budget is. I know that I want to be living in this place and I want to have this much money and I want to take this many vacations and blah, blah, blah. I'm clear about it. How the hell do I get it? And what we're going to talk about today is how to uh, how to do that. So the first thing I want to talk about is you getting really, really clear on what is ringing your bells. If you get nothing else from anything that I have ever said, listen to this. If it isn't ringing your bells, then it isn't a goal that you want. I just did a podcast with a gal who is a Harvard professor and her area of expertise is fungi, funguses. She is obsessed with fungus. She knew she'd make no money. She knew that it would be not you know, the greatest cocktail party story in the world, but she was obsessed with how these little fuckers change the world, okay? So much so that um, she wound up, Jane Goodall, the, you know, the, the ape lady, wound up asking her to, uh, to connect and now they're friends and they just did some work together. So the point is that she knew deep inside that this was something that she wanted to do. And she didn't say, I want to do it for money. Listen to the impulse that you're getting. Don't do this dream budget logically. This is an emotional game. This is an emotional game because we, we all come to this earth to fulfill something. There's some reason we're here. So the universe is giving you an impulse. 
If it's a fungi, then it's a fungi. If it's to live in Italy, then it's to live in Italy. You got to connect with what is ringing your bells and you can't ignore it because for 20 years, Kim came to Florence and she wanted to be here. And no matter what she did, it never went away. You can squash it. You can ignore it, but it's going to keep popping up. So you have to find the thing that excites you. Number one. Right. So gaining massive clarity. So what we want to do today is take you from that dream life budget. So hopefully you gained clarity. And if you didn't go back and if you listened to that podcast, but you haven't done the dream budget yet, know that this is this is the thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to take action. So if you're going to be somebody that just talks about goals and doesn't take action, that's fine. You want to consume all the podcasts and do nothing and complain about life. Okay. But if you want to be the person that actually moves the meter and takes the action, this is necessary. So get massive clarity on what it is that you want. Listen to the impulse, create the dream life budget so you know what the target is. And then you can go through stupid idea time, come up with ways to do it. But where people, I think, go really wrong is in manifesting it or manifesting against it. Okay. So this is going to be a little twist that I'm adding to this that my husband doesn't even know. People that don't put intention to manifest, I think naturally manifest against it. And I will tell you that Rob Murgatroyd, you were the person manifesting against your goal of California unintentionally for a long time. Because you weren't taking actions to actually manifest it, the default was anti-manifestation, right? You went against it. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is Rob had this dream, I want to move to California, I want to move to California. He would get in the car and trap me. Okay, this was, tra- I was trapped in the car on the way to work for 45 minutes every day to the office. And he would mutter the same thing. I guess I'm just not to me- meant to be in California. I guess California is just not me. I mean, how am I ever going to get there? I'm not doing it. I mean, it's never going to happen. I mean, look at, look at the sky, Kim. The sky is gray. It's raining. Look at the sky. It's not blue. Is it blue? Is it sunny? Is it 70 degrees? Is it no humane? No, it's not. It's horrible. It's horrible. He literally would sit and complain about not getting it yet. And it wasn't until he switched it and started to intentionally manifest that it actually happened and that the wheels got put in motion and that the green lights happened for him to get to California. It's not until he intentionally made the shift. And so today, I want to really dive into how to not default to the I don't have it yet by putting massive intention into the goal that you want. So you created the budget, you know the goal that you want, and now how are you going to create the mindset around that goal that's going to support that goal and manifest that goal. People get confused with manifestation. They watch the secret and they think they just sit on their couch and think about it enough and that shit's going to happen. Okay, Great. That's not how it works. It works in a way that once you start putting the intentionality behind it, you start to intentionally think thoughts in a specific pattern that you are given the nudge from the universe or whoever you think is nudging you, your inner being, to take the action necessary 
to get to the end result. So it's not going to happen without action. You're not going to sit on your couch and California magically shows up around you or whatever your goal is. It's going to happen with action, but there's a way that you can support your goal and accelerate the manifestation of it through what you're thinking and the actions that you're taking intentionally. When I think about that time that I was working against myself, I was, but I was, uh, I was feeling sorry for myself that um, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to manifest the dream that I want. And to Kim's point, I was very specifically, I was very directly working against myself by saying, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get there. So what does work? What does work is raising your vibration and doing the best that you can to match the frequency of getting what it is that you want. So let's say we'll use the example of California when I was super jacked up about, about living there. If I walked around saying how I can't believe that I could never find a way to get there. That's a much lower vibration than me actually being there surfing. But sometimes when you're in that state, you're just there and it's really fucking hard to get out of it. So what do you do? You got to find a way to raise your vibration. So an easy way, an easier way to do it is to look around you and start thinking slowly about what feels good that's in your life. If you see the dog, you can look down at your dog and saying, this is every day I come home, this dog is just runs to the door and just wants to lick my face and give me love. And she's been such a good dog to me. If you look down at the wood floors in your house, I'm so grateful I have wood floors that I don't have to walk on carpet because I hate walking on carpet, it gets nasty. And I love the feeling of the cold. So you get the idea. So you're walking around and you're finding things. Well, slowly what you're doing is you're, you're, you're changing the momentum. Think of it this way. If you have a train that's going 100 miles an hour in one direction, it's in massive momentum. To, if, you need to, if, I'm in the, if I'm going 100 miles an hour in massive momentum this way about how everything isn't working out for me, and I need to go 100 miles an hour in the opposite direction. Well, what has to happen to that train? It has to slow, stop, reverse, and go in the opposite direction. So how the hell do you do that? Slowly. Right. And you start finding better feelings. And then slowly over time, the momentum of the train starts to slow. And then you start, then you stop. And then you go in the opposite direction. And you start building up momentum. Do you ever see people where you're like, Whatever they do seems to turn to gold. No matter what it is, they're like walking around like somebody's, oh, you know. the magic people? The magic people. Like somebody's like tickling their ass with a feather. They're, they're always so happy and giggly. And it just seems that the next deal is happening and the next amount of money is happening and the relationship and the body and all. Like, what is it? They're in momentum. Did you ever see somebody who's like Debbie Downer where everything is horrible? It's problem after problem after problem. problem. After, they're in momentum the other a way. Attention to the unwanted creates more unwanted. That's good. Like full, full stop on that because when you are focusing on the opposite of what you want, you're going to continue to get the opposite. And I know that people say it. And on Monday morning, Motivation Monday, you throw the quote up on Instagram and it's like, but how often do you actually call yourself out on that shit and go, okay, so I shouldn't still keep saying I'm never going to get it. Like, if you liken this to, if you have a child or if you can imagine having a child and your child is in sports and they're going to play soccer, here they call it football, they go to play. 
And you, they say, I'm, Daddy, I'm never going to be able to get a goal. I'm never going to be able to get a goal. You naturally will tell your child and coach your child and say, you don't think that way. You can get a goal. You could do it. You're going to do it. Think positive. You naturally would do that to say to your kid, it seems so obvious. It seems so easy. But yet when we do it to ourselves, and we're like, I'm fat. I hate my life. I'm never going to make any money. Like all of that negative self-talk, you have to call yourself on your own bullshit because no one else is, no one's coming to call you on your bullshit unless you hire a coach to do it. But even then, if your coach calls you on your bullshit, you're probably going to fire the coach because you don't want to hear it. You have to get really good at calling yourself on your own bullshit or have someone in your life. Like when Rob would do that, I was like, Rob, like that's not going to help you. When you're when Rob talked about vibration, when you're in the vibration of the problem, there's zero chance you're finding the solution. People like to sit in their problems. They love to complain. You cannot complain or criticize yourself into wealth or well-being, right? You can't do that. You can't have all these negative thoughts about yourself or your or your money situation or your home situation and criticize yourself constantly but be in massive momentum the other way like if you think about those golden magical people rob was talking about where every door opens and they have this simple perfect life from the outside looking in those magical people do you really think they're sitting home criticizing themselves and telling themselves why they can't do it no so that's the first thing you have to stop working against yourself and you have to call yourself on your own bullshit go ahead Robert. all right so once you once you get to that point and you get really really clear on what it is that you want and you're in momentum with it then you have to sit down or you've changed your vibration i should say and you're starting to move in the well, right let's give them more ways to change a vibration then you start then you start more ways to change the vibration yeah because people say that all the time i'm going to let be around high vibe people i'm going to change my vibration how how do you because when you're okay. in that shitty problems situation and you feel like the world's collapsing on you how the hell do you change it so you gave one okay. give gratitude for the things around you because you um, and this this was a good one for us. You can't criticize where you're at. You have to give joy and love and appreciation for where you're at and be really excited about where you're going. So in your situation back when we were living in Atlanta, working, you know, 12 hour days, all that uh, before, and you had this dream of California, when you got grateful around where you were in your life, that you had a that you had a business that was affording you a great life and a great family, and you actually loved where you lived, and you equally got excited about what was to come, that's when things started to shift, right? All right. So there's there's yes, and there's two things that I would I would give you, and both of them are super easy. First one is go to sleep, go to bed. Because what happens is when you're all day long and you're in negative momentum of this sucks, that sucks, that's that blah, 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 blah. The magic formula is to go to sleep. You go to sleep, you wake up. Here's the difference. If you wake up and start it again, because all momentum stops when you're sleeping. If you wake up and you start it again, which most people do within three seconds of opening their eyes, they start thinking of everything that's going wrong. And here I am again, another day, blah, blah, blah. Esther Hicks talks about having, you got about 17 seconds or you need about 17 seconds of a great thought. So if you wake up and you go like, oh, okay, I just woke up. 
that next thought of, oh God, I got to go to work. If you change that next one for 17 seconds, just 17 seconds, and by the way, it's harder than you think. Look at your watch and start thinking about something that feels good. Maybe something when you were a kid, maybe something when you're a teenager, maybe a body that you had that you really loved and how you felt confident in it. I don't know. Something that made you feel good. If you think of it for 17 seconds, it starts to create a momentum that makes you want to think of something else. And so she says, if you can do that enough times where it's about 64 seconds in total, you'll have enough momentum to get through the entire day. And it is a very simple really, really easy and extraordinarily effective thing to do. That's one, two. Well, can I give three questions on that? Yeah. Because I've done this with Sophia where she wakes up the morning and to start our day on a right on a right note, I'll say, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? What are you most excited about? And what are you most proud of? And if you ask yourself those same three questions, it'll take you that minute to answer them honestly Close your eyes. Don't even get your feet on the floor. Ask yourself those same three questions and then continue to your day and you're going to start on a much better foot. Yeah, the morning question. Google Tony Robbins morning questions. They're, they're a great one to start the day off because that's basically what, what it's doing is what do, you, what do you love most in your life? What, do yeah. you, what are you most excited about, et cetera? Those things put you in the same positive momentum. Yeah. The second thing is uh, sometimes the day just gets a hold of you and you don't do it. The second one would be to meditate. Take 20 minutes, uh, take a transcendental meditation class if you want to go all in. If not, um, you can get one of the apps, but you don't even need anything. What you really need to do is to just sit there and listen to some reoccurring sound, like the hum of an air conditioner, or I use a rain app where you can listen to the sounds of raindrops. Just something that takes your mind off of the negative things that you're focusing on. If you can do it for five minutes, great. If you can do it for 20, even better. And what you'll do is you'll stop the momentum. So the idea is to say, look, there's nothing wrong with me. I've got a monkey mind like everybody else does. I am programmed biologically to find the negative for, for preservation in my life. So what I'm going to do is I am going to be intentional that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to try and find a great thought for 17 seconds and see if I can string enough of them together to total 64 seconds. If that doesn't work, I'm going to take 5, 10, or 20 minutes to focus on some sounds that is basically me thinking of nothing. That's and, and the goal of doing that is to just stop the momentum so you can get back in it. So you have to raise the vibration. You have to stop the momentum. However you need to do it, you need to do it. Here's the problem. If you're trying to think of the goal that you want while you're in that negative momentum, you're wasting your time. Nothing's going to happen. So for me, let me give a couple of my ways to raise the vibration because I, I actually think this is where most people fail. And... Esther actually says to not use meditation or affirmations to get into a higher vibration because it's not going to help you manifest. So you have to do something else. And non-resistant thought is, is a good one. So what are the thoughts you can think that you're not resisting? And that could be about your dog. It could be about your kid. It could be, what are the things in your life that you're not resisting that are actually great? Personally, for me, let's see, let's play a little game of, what's that game from the 80s where the spouse has to get asked a question about their spouse and see if they get it right? The newlywed game? The newlywed game. Well, we're not newlyweds, but let's play the newlywed game. What is the number one way 
to, that I go to raise my vibration? Walk. Walk. I go for a walk. I put my headphones in. I put on a book or a podcast or something that's uplifting, fun. Maybe I put on Abraham Hicks, whatever. And I go for a walk. And it's the best thing in the world because I'm out in nature. I'm moving my body. And those two, just those two things, out in nature and moving your body will change your vibration. I don't go for a walk with nothing in my ears so I can think about the problem. I go for a walk and I listen to something that is completely different and entertaining to shift the vibration. And when I come back, I'm always 10 times better. Yeah, you have to change, you have to interrupt the pattern and, and change your focus. If you do those two things, um, you will get, you, the, the whole goal is to get out of momentum. And you know it, you know that there have been times in your life where you unintentionally, who knows what it is, maybe you met a girl or a guy and you were so excited that everything was amazing. You just walked around and you're like, oh my God, the sheets on my bed, look how beautiful they are. It's like you're walking around on ecstasy, right? But you, you unintentionally put yourself into positive momentum, or let's say that you got yourself in great shape, you know, for whatever the reason is. And all of a sudden you're starting to feel good and you go to work, there's a little bounce in your step and you're talking to people at work and you're feeling really good. And you're going out to dinner with the coworkers and you know, you get the idea. You start really getting into momentum. So all you're doing is mimicking that. The hardest part is lifting the rocket off the ground. So all the energy when a rocket goes into space is at liftoff. It's just trying to get to break through the earth's atmosphere. But once it's up 60 miles and crosses that area, it crosses the atmosphere into space, then it's just light propulsion to get in there because the rocket is now in momentum. Okay. So now you have clarity on what you want. You've raised your vibration. So you're not thinking, you're not working in anti-manifesting. You're not going against yourself and working against the grain. You're thinking positive thoughts. Where do you go from there, right? So a lot of people do vision boards or things like that. So I want to give you a couple of things. Rob, I'm going to kind of direct you on this because I have them in my brain. So first, let's talk about vision boards. Uh, the wrong way to do a vision board is to buy a bunch of random ass magazines, sit down and start cutting out words that mean something to you. That That's not going to do anything for you. I'm sorry. I love you all. But put the magazines away. Get intentional. Getting random ass magazines is not intention. Getting intentional about what you want is going to move the needle. So you have your dream life budget. You know what the things on that budget are. Find images that represent the things on your dream life budget. What are those things that mean something to you that you want to move? Find specific pictures that match those things. So for us, we used to each make a vision board and we would take the vision board and then we would put it like in the bathroom or the closet and it would fall behind the dresser and it didn't really matter. Or, or Rob would put his in the bathroom and the steam of the shower would like peel the paper back. Like that doesn't work. What worked for us, and I can only share what works for us, getting super intentional about it, getting the right images on the board, doing it combined. So we had a joint energy and a joint effort about it. And then we put it somewhere, not that we saw it every day, because everybody's things with the bathroom is I see it in the, I see it every day in the bathroom. No, that's not it. That's your, you're not intentionally looking at it. You are seeing it because you go to the bathroom 12 times a day, but you are not intentionally looking at it and talking about it. What shifted everything for us is I'm going to give you 
the real life example. We created a vision board for California. It had the coffee shop that we wanted to sip coffee at in the morning. It had the yoga studio I wanted to go to. It had the surfboard Rob wanted to buy. It had the school we wanted Sophia to go to. It was very, very specific. We put it up, one board, and we put it in our kitchen. And it's embarrassing to put your vision board in the kitchen because every person that walks in your house sees it. But what it does is it gives you an opportunity to share that vision and to talk about it. And it gave Rob and I an opportunity every single night while I made dinner or while we ate dinner and had a glass of wine to review it and talk about it and to feel the feelings of it and dream. Well, I think what was even more uh, profound about that strategy was when people came over, I remember the first time somebody came over, one of the neighbors, I was like, well, it's a vision board and um, you know, I've got this goal and I wanna live in California and you know, I'd love to have like a house like this and you know, surf like that, blah, blah, blah. By the time the 30th person came in the house and asked me, it was, that's where I'm going to the coffee shop. That's mm-hmm. where I'm surfing. This is this town I'm living in. It's not going to be Manhattan Beach. It's going to be Hermosa. And here's why we chose Hermosa over Manhattan. And it was, I, it wasn't like this was a vision board. This was a- Future life. It was an itinerary of what I'm doing <laughs> next. It was yep. like, oh, when you move to California, this is where you're going to have coffee. Or when you move to California, this is where you're surfing. And it, it I mean, look, you've heard this before with people with, with vision boards. When they're done right, um, it just manifests. When, uh, when I came here to Italy, if I looked at this vision board now, the Italian vision board, I would, I would guess that the picture of the teacher I have on my vision board is actually, you know, in the school, probably someday, gonna, school. someday probably going to teach someday, probably like we got that specific yes. about how we want it. So now here's the thing that's really important though. There's a bridge between you know, what, what it kind of reminds me of what you said yesterday, Kim, yesterday, we're in a, let me take a slight tangent and I'll come back. Yesterday, Kim went to um, a shoe store for Sophia and she said, what size is her foot? Kim gives her the size. She comes out with all the shoes in that size. It was very targeted. So it wasn't like, Hey, I like the shoe. Do you have it in this size? It was like, this is your size. And these are all the shoes we have in that size. Pick one. When you're doing a vision board where you're just cutting things out, it's the opposite of the way you want to do it. The way you want to do it is to know specifically what it is that you want, find that picture and put that picture up as opposed to just you know putting other things up. So the level of specificity. Now, here's the thing. When I look at the images of, I'll give you a real life example. When I'm looking at the images of Sophia's school and I'm opening up, the uh, the digital newspaper on CNN, and I see that there's another school shooting in America, and I see this little Tuscan villa. I am really, really inspired to make sure that that vision happens because there's something inside of me that said the place for our daughter is to put her in a safe place where she's going to learn and be a world citizen and be excited. So the point is the picture had meaning to me. Massive meaning. And then over time, I became strong in that meaning by all the things around me. So the vision board. So I want to do this in buckets, okay? So the vision board, the first thing, so everyone's going to make one. We're coming into that last quarter of the year and people are going to start looking to 2022. So vision board, I think we handled it. So you take that vision board and it doesn't just get stuck on the wall. Your job 
And you can put it as a reminder in your phone or whatever. Your job is to talk about that vision every single day until you own it, until it's your vision, right? So that's the vision board. The second piece is Rob created a story of his vision. Rob, Rob is auditory. He likes to listen to things. I'm visual. So I like the pictures. Rob likes to listen to things, even if it's his own voice reading back his vision. So can you talk about how you wrote the vision and compare it to where... But You wrote two visions, right? For our family. You wrote a vision for our family to move to California and you wrote a vision for our family to move to Italy. So can you talk about how you did those things and what were the key key components and uh, how it worked out for you? I am somebody who likes to rush things just to get it done. It doesn't work when you're doing a, when you're writing a vision because it just comes slowly. I wish maybe, maybe for you, it'll pour out of you. That wasn't the case for me. For me, it was a slow process and it was a refining process. So it basically started off with, you know, I see myself, you know, living, living in Italy and, um, I, I imagine, you know, the sounds of church bells as I walk through the streets. And then I'd reread just two sentences, three sentences the next morning. And it was, I was in a different state, a different place. And then it was, oh, I'm walking down the cobblestone streets and I can hear the sounds of the church bells and then go to sleep, wake up the next day, look at it. And it would be, I wake up in the morning to the sounds of church bells ringing and then walk into the room and begin to meditate. Oh, I can see myself doing that. I can see myself hearing church bells and then go meditate. And then, then it was, you know, the the next morning was um, after I'm done with my morning routine, Sophia comes into my office and gives me a big, big hug. And as a family, we get together and walk outside to the bus stop. And then the next morning it was, and I look at her bus pointing itself towards the hills of Tuscany for her day of education. And then I'll give you one more. And then the next morning it was, and then Kim and I go for a coffee and we reconnect and we talk about our day. And I, and it just kept building. And then I added the workouts into it after that. And I talked about the evening passeggiata and it took probably two months, maybe even three. And then I started refining words. So it wasn't like, you know, I didn't have the word yellow there. It was, it was canary, (laughs) you know, I see. He basically turned into uh, under the Tuscan sun. Yeah. Because words have emotion right? If I say, you know, you're dumb, that has one emotion. If I say you're an idiot, that has another emotion, right? So I'm, I'm intentionally using harsh language. So you understand what I mean? Like each word paints a picture and it has a meaning and and it's evocative. So words matter. I mean, you know, as Shakespeare, words words matter. But what do you think what, like listening to Rob talk about this, what I'm hearing is Every day as he's refining this, he's getting deeper and deeper in the imagination of it, in the dream of it, in what is becoming his reality 
by editing, he was stepping into the picture and in refining because the picture was getting clearer and he was feeling that picture more and more. So as he did that every day, that vision was becoming more and more solid in his um, unconscious mind, right? Yeah, and and I was okay with the fact that I had two or three sentences on the first day. And like it was the best I can do. It was the best I can do and get it out of me. I'm doing it right now. I'm I'm writing the next vision. And it's really a challenge to write a vision when you're really fucking happy. Like I love what I'm doing right now. And so, you know, the vision that's in here now is a refinement of probably this last vision, right? And it's it's like I'm talking about my connection to my family at a deeper level. I'm talking about my connection to my daughter at, uh, at a deeper level, my daughters at a deeper level, wearing clothes that make me feel like I'm stepping up my fashion game. And so right now you can even hear as I'm talking that I'm tripping up over these words because they're not as as illustrative as the other one. Like when I gave you the vision for Italy, it was really clear. Canary. I was It was canary, right? <laughs> and right now it's like, I'm a good dad. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it'll but, refine but it. But it's refining. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, in the afternoons, now I'm starting to put like in the afternoons, Sophia and I, you know, go on the carousel and we take, you know, a half hour together uh, for a gelato and I ask her about her day. And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm refining it and I'm talking about my relationship with my wife and I'm talking about, you know, uh, what I want to do with my body and my friends here. But there's, sl- it's, it's a slow process. But to Kim's point, what it does do is as you go through your day, you start to go, oh, 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 oh. I go in the afternoons a couple of times a week, we go down to the carousel. That's a great idea. I got to add that to the vision. And so once you start putting it out there, you start, uh, was it? Uh, you start owning it. Were, were we talking about momentum on this podcast? Yes. Okay. So I, I, I'm out of my body right now because uh, I'm, in, I'm in that. So that's one of the ways that you move that train that we were talking about, what's going in a negative direction. It's really hard to be pissy. This is it right here. It's really hard to be pissy about your life when you're talking about that vision of spending time with your daughter and, and watching it go around the carousel and you're lost in that and that feels good and that's ringing your bells and that's exciting you and that's something that you want. It's really, really hard to be negative around that if you string together enough of those that excite you. So imagine your life now, okay? reading and rewriting this vision, seeing your vision board come to life in images that move you, that you're talking about, that's becoming part of your... The goal is that manifestation becomes part of your day-to-day life. So now you're, you're constantly in a higher vibration and you have this vision that you are, are obsessed with for your family you're in a great mood, you're happy, you're moving. How do you think that affects your business or your opportunities or who you're attracting into your life? It has everything to do with it. And then you take the nudges you're getting from the universe on action and you become one of the golden people where the doors are opening and things are aligning to help create that vision. Not because you willed it so, not because you sat on the couch and you you tried to think about it, because you are you are stepping into it in every part of your being in day-to-day life. And it's becoming it can't be stopped. It's literally being put into momentum and it can't be stopped. So listening to the nudges that come your way, 
when you're in that high vibration, when you're in that dream state of what that life will be while you're having massive appreciation for everything in your life right now, even though you don't love it all, but you're going to appreciate it because it got you to where you're at and you're going to be really freaking excited about the future. Now, I'll leave you with this. The You'll notice that nothing we said right now is to write down the goal and come up with every single way that you can accomplish it and be rigid in your approach to taking a very linear approach and go, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. I think there is a time for that. But in terms of the sequence of how to do it, if you're if you don't have these other pieces in place, clear on what you want, the vision that excites you, the, the vision board that visually spells out the story of what you want, and the vision that writes out the story of what you want, then get, getting clear on the projects that you need to do to accomplish it is not going to make sense. You have to get these other pieces clear, and then we can talk about, and maybe we can do that on the next the podcast. Vi- the vision is that I said this on a training call I did the other night, and I thought it was good. I don't know, you might disagree, but having having a vision is like the gas for the car, right? It's the fuel. Yeah. So if you have a Ferrari, but you have no gas, what are you going to do? Nothing. So you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if there's nothing fueling it, you're not getting anywhere. So let that vision, figure that vision out for your life, create it in visual form, written form, live it every single day, evaluate it every day, tweak it every day, gain more clarity, get more granular on it every day, and you will watch manifestation completely shift your life. And what I would recommend that you do is um, write your vision um, and your vision board. And if you're willing to share, um, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram. And who knows, maybe we'll give you some free coaching back and we'll let you know what we think about it. All right. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll talk soon. Well, we're not going to talk because it's a podcast. You're just basically listening. So have a great, have a great week and you'll listen to me talk. Okay. (laughs) Bye. And Kim. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 